Hello everybody and welcome to the History of Voyager. My name is Benjamin Kitchings. As always, there are a zillion podcasts out there. Thank you very, very much for listening to mine. There are a lot of buzzwords out there in society. And by society, I mean global society. And one of the more interesting buzzwords, I think, today is digital nomad. And basically what it means is somebody for whom place is less and less important as long as that place has high-speed internet. I can't say with authority that this is the way of the future. It is, however, increasingly for a lot of people the way of the present. And Brittany from Australia was kind enough to come on my show and talk about it. Brittany is also somebody who, when this was recorded, was getting over COVID. So I find that pretty um, interesting, this interesting intersection of podcast guests that can talk both about COVID and about um, being a digital nomad. The internet is, is an amazing, amazing thing, and it's become very, I think, um, important in people's lives. And I think the thing that's sort of the more interesting thing about it, or one of the most interesting things about it, is the fact of, relatively speaking, how new it is. You know, I'm I'm not that old, but I can remember before the internet became popular, and I can certainly remember back before the days of being able to do this at all, even with the internet in place. And this seems to be a common theme of my show, either because I'm interested in it or because there are lots and lots of other people interested in it with me. Anyway, so I'm going to release this in its entirety because I think it's important to, to hear. All right, everybody. Like I always say, I'm having a good day, and I hope you are too. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Hello there, everybody. My name is Benjamin Kitchings, and I'm here across the planet with Brittany. And she was going to talk about being a digital nomad and also some of her, no doubt, fascinating travels across the planet. Did I get that right that you said you didn't have to pay anything for your accommodations? Yeah, that's right. So I traveled for five years before covid all around the world, house sitting, and didn't pay anything for accommodation. So it made travel, it made traveling a lot easier, and kind of going for a lot longer, a lot easier. Huh. Okay. Let me let me ask the my favorite question uh, with folks like you, um, right off the bat, as we say in America. What was your favorite country? Oh, definitely Greece. A hundred percent. Okay. Yeah, we had a Why? great sit there. Um, it, we were just about an hour out of Athens, just this tiny little beach town, this house with two incredible dogs. We had a view over the beach, and it's just so lovely. Mm. And the homeowners were so lovely. They came home midway through the sit 
just for a night. We'd already pre-planned all this, but they um, also decided it was over the weekend and they decided they wanted to have a traditional Sunday lunch with us. So they had us in the kitchen all day teaching us how to cook all their traditional recipes and met all their friends and family. So it was just a, a great experience. So like definitely Greece comes to mind straight away. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. How did you start doing this? How, how, how did you start doing this? Um, I started when I was living in London. I was there on a working holiday and I went and met a friend at the park one day for just a walk and she showed up with a dog and she hadn't had a dog before. So I was kind of a bit curious where the dog come from. And she said she was house sitting and she was telling me she was in this beautiful um, part of London that none of us could obviously afford. We're all living with a lot of housemates and she was telling me how she was house sitting for a few months. So that kind of hit my interest. And then I signed up for a few sites and did a few house sits in London. So that's kind of how I got started. What's uh, what's living in London like? What's that, what's that like? Living in London? I was so curious because everyone talks it up, says how incredible it is, and I 100% agree. I loved it. I wouldn't have left if my visa didn't run out. I think I'd still be there. Okay, okay. So if you don't mind my asking, you said you were a digital nomad. So what do you, if you don't know... If you don't mind my asking, what do you do for a living? What do I do for a living? Um, I'm a web developer. So I, when I was living in London, I worked at a few agencies. And then since traveling full-time, I've kind of gone out on my own and just have a few of my own clients. So, like, you can literally – I mean, you're right. You can literally do that from absolutely anywhere. I mean, yeah. all, I all you need is a fast Yeah, I think so well in house sitting as well. Mm. Yeah. Now, do you recommend, I mean, did you have any, like, children or any, you know, like, I could see a single person doing this. I couldn't see somebody with kids or, or like, a family doing it as much or as easy. Surprisingly, um, I actually have a Facebook group, and there's quite a few families in there that do it. And I've actually interviewed a few of them and they love it because I think on a few of the websites, uh, the house sitting websites, you can filter for different things. You can filter for bringing your own animals, filter for you want to look after dogs, cats, maybe you want to look after farm animals. You don't want to have any animals at all. And you can also say if um, children are uh, able to come because I guess some people, they just don't have homes where it's appropriate to have kids there or they have animals that don't work right. well with kids. But a lot of the, I'm like, I think a lot of the farm sits, they do like to have children. They like, they encourage having children there. So it kind of really mm. is for anyone. It's for digital nomads. I think another big um, group that do a um, big part of house sitting is retirees. That's a big kind of okay. niche as well. So it's kind of, it's a big, broad range of people. Now, I, you and I both have said this digital nomad. We, we both use that word i think you should maybe define it digital nomad i think it's somebody who can make a living from anywhere in the world whether it's you just have access to internet you have your laptop there i think that's what kind of defines a digital nomad um 
as far as residency, were you on a work visa or how did that work? Everywhere I travelled while I was house sitting, I was always just on a travel visa. Um, I don't charge for house sitting, so I don't see that. I, I think some people do charge, but I kind of see that as a tax and visa issue. So, and I was never really anywhere long enough, more than a month or two, to kind of look into whether I needed, as a digital nomad, if I needed the appropriate visa tax, but I was paying tax back in Australia the whole time. Okay. So how do, I mean, so, okay, so they're paying you, they're paying you, not they, your, your, your job, okay, is paying you in Australia. I mean, your money's landing in a bank in Australia, okay. And then you take your credit cards and you, but I mean, I'm, I would imagine that you have duty-free credit cards or exchange rates or like, uh, how does that bank, work? The bank I'm with um, just has free transfers worldwide. Like you can use your card worldwide for free. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would imagine that could get to a hassle otherwise. Yeah. Oh, back before before like I was with this bank, it definitely was. Spending so much money on withdrawals yeah. and all that. Yeah. So um, I guess like what was your – I guess what was your least favorite country? My least favorite house sit. I'll have to think on that one for a minute. Okay. All right. Oh, actually, I can think of one. So we we it was it sounded incredible. It was a house sit um, in a chateau in France, and it's one of those places that look beautiful from the outside, but once you go inside, I think she had about eight or nine cats and a few dogs and just feeding mm. all of them and looking after them. And the, a chateau, it's not small, so it's hard to heat, so it was cold all the time. So that would probably be mm. my least favourite one. What would you tell, like, um, somebody starting out, like, wanting to do this, wanting to travel the world, house-sitting? And I guess, I mean, the other thing I'm just realising, I mean, it just occurred to me now is you obviously had to pay for your travel. In the pay to travel there, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I paid for all the travel. Um, a lot of people ask that, whether homeowners will pay for your travel somewhere. And I I only pick um, places. I look for house sits in places I want to go. So it's already I'm traveling, traveling there. It's not like I'm booking a house sit um, in L.A. and then just having to fly there. It's where I'm already going. But for people wanting to get into it, I always suggest starting local because once you get onto the house sit websites, you'll see that um, some people on there, they'll have 10, 15 references already. And I think references, it's like a job. When you apply for a job, people want to see your kind of your history and what you've done and kind of just how well how well you can perform the job. And if you jump on there and you don't have any references, it can kind of be hard to get started. So I would suggest... Um, capacity for friends, family, and kind of start building up those references. And then once you get on the platform, there are ways to get those references on there. So it kind of gives you that little jump start. And I think it also, some people um, realise it is a bit of a big mm. responsibility. You're looking after someone's home and their animals, probably their two precious things in their life. And some people don't like that responsibility. 
They don't like getting up every morning and taking the dog out and picking up dog poo or picking up cat litter. So I think trying it out first is the best way to kind of get started and see if you're suited to the lifestyle. Well, I mean, like, I know, I mean, some some dogs don't, like, you know, I'm thinking about my sister's Maltese. You know, he's pretty much, he's a, he's a two-person dog. You know, it's like my sister and like her husband and and my dad and and maybe me. And that's about it. Like, that's about all the time he has for people. Have you an older dog, is he? Set in his ways? He's not an older dog, but he's very kind of, you know, he's only he's only got so many people he's going to going to like. I think with that is a lot of the reason a lot of people like using house sitters once they understand the concept is would he be more comfortable at home with a stranger in his own home or would how would he if if your sister had to go away how would he go if he had to go to a a dog kennel for a couple of days well it it would be my sister it would be my sister and her husband but but yeah like I, I guess like if you're going somewhere where the dog can't go or, or like you've got horses or or you just feel better with somebody in the house because whatever i think a lot of time the people just don't like to take the animals out of their routine especially if you've got cats it's a bit hard to move cats to a um a cattery for a week you know cats don't like being moved and dogs just like to stay in their comfortable environment i think <clears throat> yeah yeah, like so you you find that a lot of people that need house sitters have animals, be they farm animals or, or cats or dogs or whatever. Sorry. <coughs> Say that again, sorry. Okay, yeah. So you find that uh a lot of people that have uh the need of a house sitter uh, they're really an animal sitter is what it is. Like you're really taking care of animals. Yeah, there are been some instances um, when we were house sitting in um, France and Spain. A lot of people, a lot of Americans and a lot of English people have um, second homes in those spots. Same as Mexico as well, that people just like to have someone in the home, whether it be for security or they just like to know that the taps are being turned on and the pipes aren't freezing and someone's bringing in the mail. So there are locations where it is more common for just need a house sitter. And then but pet sitting probably is is the dominant part of it. But there is instances, if you don't want to look after animals, there are opportunities to just house sit. How long is how long is your typical house sitting uh, situation? Yeah, I when I and that's another thing. When I started out, I did a lot of short ones, and I'd prefer to do long ones because I don't like packing up and moving and everything. But mm. I've done ones from a week long to four months long. <laughs> so yeah, mm. up to four months, but I've seen them up to a year. Mm. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, but you yourself have done four weeks and a month and, or four weeks and a month are the same thing, but four weeks and five weeks, that kind of thing, or? Yeah. So I've done 
up from like I've done from a week up to four months. So I've done one that was four months long. Where was that? That one was in Australia actually. It was during uh it was during one of our lockdowns of kind of in between one and the couple wanted to go around Australia on a trip. So they packed up their car and they were just heading around Australia. I thought Australia had a pretty serious lockdown and you couldn't really do that. Yeah, we did. It was um it was mainly Melbourne that had the strong lockdowns. So mm. and there were breaks in between them where kind of things got good again and a lot of people packed up their caravans and headed out. So pretty much Melbourne was the main one that was on lockdown. So when we mm. did have a break, people did try to get out and head out around Australia, kind of Get out into a little bit of isolation, less people around. Is there a, are you guys in lockdown now or not? No, we haven't been in lockdown for um, over probably a year now. Mm. But I think it's, I, I've just had it. But, and I saw on the news that apparently cases are spiking. But I think that with our high vaccination rates now, I don't think they'll do the lockdowns again. So you, you've you've had you've had COVID is what you're saying. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sorry if I cough. I'm actually on my last day today of um, isolation. So I haven't been coughing that much, but I think just having a chat's kind of bringing it up. Well, congratulations for for I guess living through COVID. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't as bad as I thought. It was just the fever that got me for a little bit, but otherwise I was all good. Hmm. Mm. Um, what was that like having COVID? I've never oh, had it myself. It was like, um, I knew I had it, I think, because I never get sick. And then I woke up hot and sweaty one night and couldn't get back to sleep. And then the next day I went and got a test, like just went and got a um, self-test and did it at home. And it just kind of was waves of fever for about the first two or three days. And just like mm. a general cold. And then that's kind of been it. Mm-hmm. I've had the three vaccinations. Sorry, the two vaccinations. Yeah, yeah. Three, yeah. <coughs> what would you say, um, are, like, the people that, that don't think COVID is real? Um, I was always on the fence about it. <laughs> um. I think it was maybe okay. bigger than it actually is, but who knows? It's, I think there's bigger things at play that we don't know about, to be honest. Mm. What are your thoughts? I've heard that. Well, so, okay. <laughs> um, I, re- I, researched, I researched COVID for my show. Um, I, I have, at one time, I had a pretty large... COVID podcast, uh, you know, it was the 15th most downloaded podcast on COVID in the world at, at a certain point. I think that a lot of people were either afraid or, okay, first of all, I totally think it's real. I totally think people died of heart attacks and strokes and da 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 da. I also think we didn't. We don't know how many people died from it. That's what also what I think. However, do I think it was as bad as, as people thought in like 
March of 2020. Uh, no, I do not think that. Uh, but I do think more people died of it than officially died. But I don't think it's like the Black Death. I don't think people thought it, like people thought it was going to be the Black Death. Okay? I don't think it was, it's going to be the Black Death. Right. Um, I know from f- talking to folks in Asia that the different, some different Asian governments are actually using it to control people. Like they are actually using COVID to keep people locked in their houses, et cetera. Like that's really real. Um, but, you know, when you look at like, so the last plague that's sort of comparable was like uh, the Spanish flu. And the Spanish flu, you know, the difference is like people could go on a farm and people, not everybody, but, you know, farming was more common. And now you just, you can't do that. You can't, there's, you know what I'm saying? Mm So, I mean, a lot of people moved to my state in America because my governor didn't lock us down for a very long time. So a lot of people moved here. And the traffic is crazy now. It was crazy before. It's crazier now. <laughs> um, you know, um, but I think we're, as a people, as a world, we're going to get through this. I think we're pretty much on the back end of it, pretty much. That's what I'm maybe. Looking like like a lot of people I've seen. I think people are finally getting confident enough to book travel in and actually kind of move about again. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, yeah, sure. Sorry. See, you've got a some kind of device there. Oh, I was just turning, I've got the air con above, on above my head, and it's so loud. I can hear you much better now. <laughs> okay, okay. It's um, chilly here at the moment. I think it was three degrees this morning. Yeah, it's like, uh, is it winter there for you? You're in uh, the we're southern hemisphere. just coming into winter, yeah, two weeks off. So I think most people get so surprised in Australia, we get snow, we get all sorts. Well, you know, here it's it was it was ninety it was ninety <laughs> degrees here. You guys are coming into summer, lucky. Yeah, we're coming. Yeah, we're coming into summer. That's that's to put it mildly, we're coming into summer. Um. So you were always COVID skeptical. You were COVID skeptical before you got it. I believe it existed. I was just skeptical. I was just kind of, I thought they made a bigger deal out of it. But, mm. yeah, I feel like we've all just talked it to death now, though, COVID, haven't we? We've all I was, it. weirdly, I was the opposite. Mm-hmm. I I thought it was going to be a much bigger deal than it ended up being. And I, I don't mean to mitigate, like, the people that died from it or whatever and the, the tons of people that got injured from it, for sure. But there, I, you know, like I thought it was going to be a lot worse than it ended up being. So, 
So. I guess we're just never seen anything like that in our, like a reaction to anything like that in our lifetime. Yeah, we I think that's right. The main thing that kind of probably made it seem like it was going to be a bit bigger than it was. Well, I mean, COVID itself is a new thing. It's an it, not brand new. I mean, well, it is actually. It's like 20 years old. Like the COVID family of diseases is about 20 years old. And it just started killing people, like a lot of people, all of a sudden. And people and doctors got worried. So I get it. You know, but anyway. Have you got any plans for travel this year? Uh, have I got any? Uh, maybe. <laughs> Nothing like you do. Nothing like going across the planet <laughs> well, I, haven't, I haven't got anything coming up this year i've only really i'm kind of hoping to go to mexico i've got l- lots of fr- flight credit to use so hoping to get to mexico Mex- maybe this year where have you been to mexico before no i've never been so i actually had a house it booked for um april 2020 which um that was for three months in merida and so obviously that got cancelled so i've got flat credit and I've got a few other things that I've booked that got cancelled so I'm hoping to maybe book something in for the end of the year mm-hmm. well good good um so you you plan on getting back on the road and I guess yeah I'm hoping to yeah 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 I've been yeah. living in Melbourne house sitting around Melbourne for the last few months um and then maybe hoping at the end of the year to go to Mexico where are you, where are you from if you don't mind my asking? Ah, uh, from Melbourne, Australia. Okay. okay, so you're just like house sitting around the local area. Yeah, yeah. So it's been nice okay. seeing my family and everything. I'm actually at the moment looking after my mum's dogs, but they're keeping me busy. I don't know if you can hear them; they're fighting behind me constantly. No, I I can't hear them. <laughs> but uh, okay. Oh, that's a big dog. Yeah, so, Lecco. What kind of dog is that? Uh, he's a Hungarian Vizsla. So, yeah, <laughs> Lecco. Needs a lot of love, Lecco, I call him. Mm. Mm, mm. The other one's stolen his balls, so they're just kind of fighting about that. <laughs> oh, okay, they're fighting over a toy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can show you right. the other one. This is the other guy. Oh, that's got to be a husky. No, he's a little um German Spitz, like like a Pomeranian. Oh. He's a bit of a bossy oh. boots. Wow. Okay, he looks bigger. Okay, when you hold him like that, he looks bigger than than he is. No, he's okay. tiny. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 All right. Um. So what what would you tell like the future about what you've learned through this whole two-year period? Through being back at home? Well, you know, being back at home, you know, COVID, but also it strikes me you have a rather unusual, I don't even want to call it a job, but like a unusual setup where you travel all over the world, you know, house it. 
I think I've learned that you can't really make plans and stick to them. You just kind of have to go with the flow. And if you can't go, you can't go. And you just kind of got to, I hate using this word, but pivot and do something different. Um, it was really nice actually having all this time back at home and be able to spend it with friends and family when we, when we actually mm. could see them during lockdowns. But, yeah, mm. I guess just kind of letting go of your plans and, you just kind of have yeah. to make best of what you can do at the time. And I wanted to go overseas, but I couldn't. So I enjoyed, enjoyed my time here. I did small house locally, which was really great. Got to hang out with my family. Hadn't seen my sister's kids for a while and got to see them grow up now, which is nice. Mm. Oh, when so you're always you, on the road, you kind of miss out on all those family things. Did you say your kids or somebody else's kids? Oh, not my kids, my sister's kids. Oh, your sister's kids. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Well, what do you think they've learned through all this two years of a plague? And... Um, they're both under the age of four. Um, so, okay. I, one one did say, I did hear her, hear her say to her friend one day, she goes, oh, when this bloody lockdown's over, we can do it. <laughs> <laughs> they, were pl- they were planning on doing something. And she said, when this bloody lockdown's over. So they kind of understand they couldn't do things. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've got a lot of babies in my, like, a lot of toddlers and babies in my neighborhood. And I I just kind of wonder sometimes what they they think. Like, what are they doing? You know, how do they remember this, you know? Or, Or will they? I think to them, I think if anything, for some people, a lot of people probably won't see the positives in it that, People got to spend more time with their kids and they realised they didn't have to go into work every day. I mean, like I've been doing that forever. I've never had yeah. going, going into an office for years, but a lot of people spend half their half their day driving to and from work when they've spent that with their family now. So maybe if anything, pubs are locked down, you know, there's some positives that might have come out of it. Kids. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I think you're right. I remember like in the beginning, like people were, I mean, a lot of people got laid off, obviously, but like people were really wondering how in the world do you even like I had never had a video. I don't think I'd ever used a video call except maybe twice before 2020. And now I do it all the time. Like I literally do it all the time now. And then, you know, I think about time you're not spending in the car driving to go see someone. Mm-hmm. As yeah, true. That, as long as you're using that time wisely. <laughs> yeah, I guess, yeah. And also, like, it makes you re- it makes you appreciate the the things you have. At least for me, because like I would hear so many stories, like so many stories about different problems or different situations or different, you know, people going through issues and going through problems because of COVID. You know. Yeah, I think that's what I think. I felt like compared to some people, I had, you know, an easy run. I didn't have kids at home. Some people had it really hard. Three kids at home, mm. not at school, homeschooling, all those sorts of things. Mm. Yeah, some people really mm. had a hard go at it, especially with family members. If someone was sick, not being able to go into the hospital and see them, I think, yeah. <clears throat> Even if they weren't sick with COVID, if they were sick with something else and you couldn't go into the hospital, I think that was hard. Yeah. 
Yeah. And like in, in America, like, so in the U.S., like, you know, internet access is not like fast, <clears throat> fast internet access is not everywhere. It's not ubiquitous. I don't know how it is where you are, but. Uh, it's pretty know. much across the board fine. Yeah. Does that, does your government like provide your internet or do, is it, do you pay for it? Um, they, I don't know what happened. Probably a few years ago, there was a big, the government put in a lot of, they call it NBN. So I guess it's the fiber network they put in. Okay. So, okay. Yes. I think the NBN and I think then all the providers run off that NBN system now. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it used to be private and now it's. Yeah, I, like there's all private providers, like there's all the internet service providers, lots of them, but mm. then they, I think they all run off this um, fiber this, network this, put in. Okay, yeah, the same network. I wouldn't quote me on that though. I don't, I don't, I think okay. that works. <laughs> well, I mean, you you've been traveling, so maybe you know. Yeah. Yeah. When was the last time you lived some, I mean, do you have a place that isn't a house sitting place? Like, do you have like an apartment or a condo or? I usually rent a room when I'm not house sitting. So if it's, if I'm having a big break, like I guess COVID, I rented something. Um, if it's just in between house sits, I'll just maybe get an Airbnb and something. I don't have a lot of stuff. So yeah, just get an Airbnb. Okay. All right. As long as I have somewhere where I can work from, um, have internet. I mean, I used to think that internet was pretty general in people's houses, but I have shown up to about two house sits where they didn't have internet. So that's something I always ask now. I've talked, you know, I've talked to people all over the world um, for this. And, yeah, it, I mean, obviously the internet's not everywhere, but you'd be amazed, like, it's amazing to me, like how many young people, even or working age people, don't know how to. Not that they don't know how to send an email, but like it's there's a lot of skills with the internet stuff that's just lacking. It's not across the board. I guess they just know. still have they have their own methods of communication. Wouldn't even if you, if you don't know it, if you don't haven't used it, you wouldn't miss it. I guess. I guess I guess that's right. Um, Brittany, um, do you have anything to tell the world? Um, if it's to do with house sitting, I mean, just if you, if you want to get started yourself also, or as a digital nomad, there's so much, um, resources out there. Um, I have some stuff on getting started because all I get is from friends and family asking me how they could also house sit and travel. So I've got some resources if anyone wants any. Just some kind of why don't, just a quick few steps. Why don't, you talk, why don't you talk about how to be a digital nomad? Because it strikes me that house sitting and being a digital nomad are two different things. Um, I think that it's, it's, it's being a digital nomad, it's so different. And now with COVID, I think so many more people are digital nomads because all these jobs have gone online. They don't have to go in the office. So really, it all kind of just depends on your industry. And it's always changing. Like, a few years ago, a nurse couldn't be a digital nomad, but now there's probably some sort of 
infrastructure that nurse they can do nurse on call and just sit there in front of their computer and be taking patients and I guess every industry mm. industry is changing so quickly that so many jobs are going online so it really depends mm. on your skill set I think so it, yeah mm. like if you're a nurse you could probably go out there and have a look if there is any kind of online work um, some jobs obviously if you're a firefighter I don't know maybe you can't take that online. Maybe you could find something where you're consulting for companies with their, I don't know if you could be doing sort of safety checks via online. I don't know. But I think every industry is different and you kind of have to have a look if there's anything that works kind of remotely for you. And yeah. All you have to do is a quick internet search, jump on there, can I do dot, dot, dot online or just go on go on like a job search website and see if there is anything in your kind of skill set that's remote work and go it's from there. And amazing. Some, some companies do and don't like you working out of the country. Some, I don't know, some don't mind. It, 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 it depends so much on every company, every industry, just kind of whatever your skill set is, you kind of have to have a look what would work for you. It's absolutely amazing to me how many jobs suddenly became online. Yeah. Like, like if that's absolutely. I didn't need them in, in there. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, English is a very common language. So, you, so people who speak English can work. Actually, I had a, a podcast guest who said that him knowing how to speak English and read and write English saved his life. You know. Why's that? He was Serbian. And what being so able to work or was it being able to leave? He could he could work, uh make more money than he could in Serbia. And you know, that whole area, like he's a young person. So that whole area his whole life has been kind of a basket case geopolitically speaking, you know? So and before, I mean, before he was born, it was communist. So it wasn't ever really, you know, normal. <laughs> I, I, I did air quotes there for the people. Well, I think that re so. the remote work kind of levels out the playing field for people. Um, mm -hmm. Anyone can mm -hmm. get a job anywhere or work. Absolutely. Yeah, they can, and they can make U.S dollars which is really really great for some for some people in some countries if they're making us dollars so okay that's a thought i never even thought of that so thank you for bringing that up so have you ever worked overseas like have you ever worked for a company that was overseas to, to australia no all the ones i've worked for have been australian okay so you've never you haven't yet had to do the exchange rate in the bank and no, I haven't had to do that, and I wouldn't mind because the well, the US dollar is usually a lot stronger than the Australian dollar. But no, I haven't yeah. had to deal with that. <laughs> I think at the moment it's quite strong. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what the exchange rate is. Have you used crypto? Have you been paid in cryptocurrency or? I haven't before. Yeah. Do you know anybody? Yeah, too volatile for me. Yeah. But do you know anybody who has or anything like that? No, I haven't actually heard of anyone being paid in crypto. I guess it's one of those things, I guess, you'd be taking a risk and it, it could pay off or it could be nothing, depending on what you're getting paid in, if it's yeah. something that's stable. 
Well, I mean, first of all, I wouldn't. I mean, you know, and with all the crypto crashes and stuff, I, I wouldn't want to do that now. But hmm. all right. Well, um, what's the biggest adventure of traveling? Do you think the the biggest kind of adventure with traveling? A personal adventure that I've had traveling. Well, just like not maybe if you don't want to do that, but like just the is it the unexpectedness of everything? Is it the? I think it's um. Oh, this is a quick story. Um, we had a house sit in Montenegro and had a camper van and driving from Montenegro down to Greece for our next house sit and we had to drive through Albania and. Everyone was saying the roads are terrible, you know, it's scary, all these things, and it was beautiful. The roads are probably the nicest in Europe, no tolls, lovely people, and beautiful, a beautiful city, beautiful just countryside, and then we ended up breaking down uh, a couple, about 200 k's from the border, and these lovely Albanians, a guy selling fruit on the side of the road, came over and tried to help us. He couldn't help us, so he called his cousin. His cousin couldn't help us, so his cousin's cousin called who had a auto shop. They towed the van to the auto shop. They couldn't fix it, so they said, you can sleep in the van overnight in the auto shop and we'll get someone else to look at it tomorrow. They looked at it, and this is all done. We couldn't, not, neither of us, they couldn't speak English, we couldn't speak Albanian, so it was all done by Google Translate. Um, they woke up the next morning. They brought us coffee and breakfast. They looked at the van all day. Um, they couldn't fix it. In the end, we said, do you want to buy it? Still all being done by Google Translate. And they bought it off us. And they took us to the bus stop. We jumped on the bus. And we got to Greece. But and, we, they, and that night, they actually took us to their family home. So we had dinner with their mum. So I think that my favourite thing about travelling is it kind of – it seems so scary until you're there and you realise mm. that – People aren't as scary as they made out to be, and they just want to help. Mm. Which is probably like the best thing I've learned. Yeah, that's something I've learned about people. I mean, I knew that, but you really see it being a podcaster. Like all these people all over the world talking. Just want to, to meet you. each other and just want to chat, and I guess. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting. And people always say yeah. to me, isn't it scary going to a new house sit and these people, like, you know, can't something bad happen? And I said, in five years, nothing bad ever, ever happened. I go, people, everyone, we're made to think everyone else is really, really scary, but they're not. They just want to meet each other and have a chat. Yeah. That's true. I mean, that's that's really true, I think. Well, Brittany, um, thank you. Thank you for having a chat with me. It's been lovely. Thank you. Just bear with me while Excuse I Excuse my coughing. I've tried to muffle it as much as I can, but I didn't realize I had this cough still going. Yeah. Well, stay, you know, stay well. Thank you. You too. All right, everybody. Like, all right, everybody. Like I always say, um, I'm having a good day and I hope you are too. All right. Bye-bye.